Hello and welcome to a special Super Packed episode of the MTM Vegas podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host. Mark is here with me. This week we did a bonus episode where we talked about our Laughlin road trip. So I'm going to throw that at the end of the normal news episode here. And we also talk about some disgusting rooms at Aria, Minnie Mouse on the Strip smoking, a rumor about Delano and a refresh coming there, the new carpet at Luxor, plus how they put up that Dorito chip, and is the north end of the Strip struggling? I'll talk about my time at Sahara, walking to Fountain Blue, the pedestrian experience all of that coming up right now stick around if you like the show please consider leaving us a five-star review in apple Podcasts, spotify your favorite app and don't forget you can watch the show with all the visuals that go with it especially the laughlin one highly recommended youtube.com forward slash miles to memories thanks so much for listening hope you're having a great new year let's hit it so, Mark, you know I love to go to Disney, but why do you got to go to Disney when you can go to the Las Vegas Strip? All over social media, our Las Vegas Minnie Mouse has become famous for, I don't know, hanging out, looking a little scruff, certainly not like at Disneyland. I mean, this has like deeply affected me. I, have, I don't know what to say. Like, it's shocking. I mean, you realize it can be anybody in there, but you always just kind of assume it's probably a woman. And then Mickey's the man, like, and then you pull this out and it's just this grisly old dude smoking a cigarette. Like, oh man, so bad. We had this on our list to cover like a while ago and then, you know, other things came up and then he came back around with another video. So I figured we had to finally out him. If you go see Minnie Mouse, this is what you're getting. I'm sure he does a great job though, Mark. Uh, Whatever. A couple of years ago, I stayed at Aria and talked about how dirty the room was there. And we talked about how Aria's rooms really need a refresh. It's been a while. And uh, we've seen anecdotally some issues. But this week, we saw perhaps one of the worst videos I've seen come out of Aria. Uh, it, you saw mold in the showers. The person said that they fixed everything, got them in another room. But another sign that there might be housekeeping problems there. We still don't know anything about the room renovations. The Sky Suites were renovated in 2022. But nothing new about when they're going to renovate the regular rooms at Aria. Yeah, I think Aria is just kind of living on past heyday, to be honest. And we went to a party in one of the suites before it was remodeled. And there was like poop on the side of the toilet. And it was just not clean. And we chalked it up to COVID and being short-staffed and all that stuff. Well, we're well past all that. Everybody's getting higher pay. You should be able to hire people you know, after the recent negotiations and everything. So this is just uh, maybe they're not staffing it the way they should or they're, the management team's not going in and verifying that rooms are clean because there's nobody that can go into that bathroom and not see the mold. It's big, it's dark. It's the first thing you look at. It's dripping down the wall. Like that's just somebody went in there and said, oh, well, they don't care. I don't care. This isn't totally fair because maybe the, the cleaning staff did mention it and they just never got around to maintenance and never got around to doing anything about it. So I shouldn't say that, but somebody dropped the ball along the way because there's no way that this goes unnoticed. Yeah, it's really unacceptable to have in a hotel of any quality, let alone that quality, uh, how that happens, how it doesn't get taken offline. My room a couple of years ago was just, I mean, there was like nine different areas that were dirty, so much so that I went to the front desk and asked the manager to go back to the room with me so he could see it. And just the sort of attitude I got at the front desk, they didn't believe me or whatever. I mean, it was true. And I showed him everything and they gave me a suite, which was really nice. But that just shouldn't happen at Aria. And sad to see that. Glad they made it up to him, got him another room. But that mold is so obvious. It just should never happen. Yeah. No guest should ever see that. Yeah. When you're charging record rates and you're $200 in the low season midweek and up to four or five 
$600. Like that mold didn't just appear. That was probably there during F1 week when you're charging insane prices. Like this is just unacceptable. You can't, if you want to charge 50 bucks, maybe you can get away with it. You can't charge that type of level and not do proper maintenance, proper cleaning, all that stuff. Well, if you want to stay somewhere nice, go to the Aria of downtown or the downtown grand, probably not the Aria of downtown, but the rooms there are surprisingly nice. And uh, that new gallery tower is really great, but they have a buy two, get one free special right now on room rates. And I saw a lot of nights that were $45. So that brings it down to $30 plus their resort fee, like $220 for three nights out the door. So a little over 70 bucks a night. So yeah, if you want to stay downtown, the rooms there are nice. That rooftop pool, very nice. The location good because you're kind of detached from Fremont Street. So glad to yeah. see that they're offering these specials. We talked about all the food specials they've done before. They really are trying to attract people down there. And it is a nice property. I think the casino is a little dead though. That's my big complaint about it. Yeah, I've only been in there once or twice and the casino is always kind of a little dead, but some people might like that, that you're not having to wait to get a table or, or whatever. You're not <laughs> crushed in the slot area like a Durango, stuff like that. So it's a great deal, even with the resort fee. But when you like first go to book it and it's showing you like 140 bucks for three nights or 120 bucks or whatever it is, and you're like, oh, that's a really, really good deal. And then it hits you with another $120 in resort fees. You're like, oh, crap. It's a sour taste. It'd be better if they just charged 70 bucks. I get why they do it. You know, they want to keep the resort fees to themselves versus paying the Expedias and that of the world a chunk of that money. But it still just kind of like upsets you, even though it shouldn't. We should be used to it. All right. Speaking of upset, guess what, Mark? The Bellagio fountains are closed off again. The sidewalks are gone. They opened, I think, for about two weeks. The lanes that were next to the Bellagio, I don't believe they ever reopened. Those two lanes to the right, I drove by there last week. They were still closed. Now the sidewalk's closed. And of course, they're building that stage for the Super Bowl coverage. So another month or so before we get the fountains back, maybe two months, I don't know. And then we'll have them back for a few months. But this is kind of sad. And in a week where a lot of the smaller businesses in Las Vegas sort of railed against F1, there was like this letter from Ferraro's, the owner I read earlier today talking about how he lost $2 million in business over the F1 sort of construction period. Yeah. I mean, are people, I, I, I'm so tired of complaining about this, but it just sucks. That's it. It sucks. It feels like the only time we're going to get the Bellagio fountains is going to be peak summer when it's hot and you might not want to be out there during the day. And then there's less trees there now so you're not getting that shade either it's just a, a different experience i feel like we just kind of need to accept it at this point this is the way vegas is going with dorito chips on the side of a pyramid in egypt and <laughs> and signs everywhere like it's a sellout they're they're just whatever people want to pay for they can get so we saw that with resorts world when they put you know trolling up on their big screen if you have money corporation or not they're going to do what you want and it's sad to see we need the mob back they wouldn't be uh standing for none of this you don't think the mob would sell a dorito chip <laughs> ad on the side of their casino no no they have they have class they have taste i don't know i just uh, <laughs> i'd like to think not but who knows probably so we just did our laughlin video it went live it was our bonus episode this week so check it out on the channel it was our full road trip to laughlin we went to prim gene Saw a lot of cool stuff along the way, plus all the Laughlin casinos. Uh, so check that out on the channel. So I went over to Sahara and wanted to go to Fountain Blue too, kind of get the vibe of walking. So we parked at Sahara, hadn't been there in a while. And I realized we hadn't shown off the new entrance on the channel. It opened in 2022. So it's been a little bit of time since this new entrance opened. Before it was very sort of plain. And now they've added some woods. They've really made it a very nice kind of sort of grand strip entrance. Love it. Inside the renovations that they had done a few years ago were still there. Still like the casino, but on a weekday during the day, I mean, it was dead. And we'll talk about Fountain Blue in a minute. 
But Sahara, you know, there's always people saying, how does this place survive? And based on what I saw, just dead, dead, dead on the north end of the Strip, three o'clock in the afternoon on a weekday. I feel like it's always been that way, though. I, I remember going, you know, 15 years ago and it was dead in there. And that was like four different names ago. So it's it's just a bad location. It's hard. You know, you're hoping that Fountain Blue and others in the air resorts world and and that bring people down that way. It is. It looks like a beautiful property uh, after the remodeling and everything. They got the best hoodie in town. So if you can get one of those, they're great. Yeah, it's just kind of tough. And I don't know. I don't understand why they spend so much money on these entryways. You know, we saw it with Caesars and stuff. How many people actually drive up to that off the strip anymore? Back in the day, I get it. Most of the traffic came through there. But now Uber and Lyft and everything and and self parking, all that stuff's like behind the building. So few people, I feel like even get to admire it. So I don't know if it's like the money best spent. Yeah, with that, it's weird because their entrance used to be on the backside closer to their hotel registration. This strip entrance is nowhere near the hotel registration. But like I said, it's beautiful and it does add a big level of like, wow, as you come up to the property where it was just very nondescript before. But we went there so we could walk to Fountain Blue and I kind of wanted to emulate the strip pedestrian experience and how people are going to get between these properties on the north end of the strip. And the more I thought about it as I was walking by the beautiful site of Wet and Wild slash the defunct Allnet Arena <laughs> and what a beautiful way it would look to have a water park there once again. I sort of kind of got the feeling that a lot of people aren't going to do this. They're not going to walk between these casinos on the north end of the strip as they're so disconnected. This really isn't a revelation. It's just a realization that everything is just too far apart. You stay at Wynn, you can go south, you can still get to Flamingo in the heart of the strip pretty easily. Once you're up at Fountain Blue, you're really disconnected. I guess you could cross the Circus Circus, go over to Resorts World, Kitty Corner to Encore. But yeah, you're so disconnected. And Fountain Blue was equally as dead as Sahara, which is probably not a good sign. Yeah, especially when we've talked about you going into Durango and seeing it busy every time you've been in there uh, on multiple occasions now. And I think it just goes to show that, you know, shame on the city for letting them hold that plot of land for as long as they did without developing it in any way. Imagine if that was something useful and how much better it would connect things and maybe would get more foot traffic. It would only help everybody else around it. So the fact that they let it sit there for, what, decades is just a shame. And I'm glad they finally, you know, stopped that. And hopefully somebody comes in and does something with it. Seems like the property is more valuable now than it ever has been before. So anybody with a vision, let's bring some theming to it. And as you mentioned, Durango, I was there the day after Durango about the same time. So, you know, the day after I went to Durango, where it was really busy, Fountain Blue Slow. And I do recommend that walk if you don't want to pay, if you don't mind going to Sahara. It's a five-minute walk between the two properties. It's not too bad if you don't mind looking at a pit in it the ground. made it seem horrible. <laughs> no, it's just, I was just thinking, well, once you get to Fountain Blue, now, all right, so now how are we going to skip and skip? And everything just feels so detached, and I do think that's a challenge. Fountain Blue did fix their art structure that they had to put those temporary ropes around. They painted the bottom gold. It was, I think, white before, so people kind of were bumping into it, and now this gold kind of makes it stand out more. And good news on the floors, walking around the property, saw very few scuffs, so maybe they figured out how to treat the floor so there's no scuff marks. Unfortunately, sitting down at a machine, Jasmine was playing over 30 minutes before a cocktail server came over. And like I said, it was dead. So I don't know. This isn't a place that I would go play very often, I don't think. As beautiful as it is, the atmosphere isn't what I love in a casino. Yeah, I mean, I think there's less scuffs because there's no people to scuff them up, maybe. I don't know. But to see 30 minutes for a drink when it's not very busy is is sad because, I mean, it could be just they have one person covering a huge area, but it's more likely that they just don't have good service even when it is busy and they're fully staff i'm just upset like i didn't get to see it so i still got to go see it in person but everything i'm hearing even from people that have gone and seen it like in the last couple weeks beautiful but 
I wouldn't spend any time gambling there or staying there, just not my type of vibe. So I think they've kind of made it like a niche target demographic there that they're going to struggle with. And, and hopefully they figure that out because it looks beautiful. They just need to get people in there. I found Blue still beautiful. Can't wait to stay there. We'll be staying there soon so I can do a full sort of envelop myself in the property. But it's not uh, it's not a place I'm loving these days all too much. Although, again, it's beautiful. You should see it. Everybody should see it. As a reminder, we now have our Patreon. You can get our weekly after show, $5 a month, get you access to that. You can listen to it as a podcast. You can watch it with all the visuals, patreon.com forward slash MTM Vegas. Thanks to everybody who supports us over there. So there's an interesting article about homes being swapped like stocks. And there was this big sort of exchange of homes from Starwood Capital Group to Invitation Homes. They sold 264 homes in Las Vegas all at once for $98 million. And we're starting to see this era where homes are treated sort of like mortgages were, where they're all batched together as securities and sold off in chunks. Las Vegas, one of the most unaffordable markets in the country. Rents are really high. Rent defaults are very high. You know, big investment firms owning a large chunk of cities. It was probably not a good thing. Like we never saw this, you know, 20, 30 years ago and housing was a lot more affordable for people. And we've talked about Vegas pricing out the uh, the workers in the casinos. Housing just keeps going up and up and up and interest rates are high. And I think this has a lot to do with it is the investment one for, you know, short-term rentals versus long-term rentals. And two, just the investment firms buying up a ton of properties right and left and, and kind of holding on to them. This review journal article, I'll link to Quotes Noah Herrera, who's a big real estate agent here, a guy I've known for 15 plus years, a guy who was doing a lot of the buying agent work for these big companies back in 08, 09, when they were buying masses of properties. And it's really interesting just to see how it's changed the demographics of Las Vegas, understand what's going on. It's a nutty thing in 2024 United States, but thought it was worth mentioning because it's such a big deal for Las Vegas. And, you know, as we drove around Vegas uh, for the Laughlin, shout out to the Laughlin bonus video. Definitely check it out. Probably my favorite one we've done. You know, as we were driving around town, I kept mentioning how close together all the houses were. And just the, it's like packed like sardines and the prices are astronomically high for what you get. It's disheartening. You just like the Laughlin video because I put your face on the cover photo True. for it on the thumbnail. <laughs> so uh, that was Mark mocking the atrium at Golden Nugget. And mean, I used that as a thing the, where he was saying, wow. Greenhouse. Yeah, something like that. So check it out. So when I was out Fountain Blue, uh, one of our viewers ran into me and he happened to email me a couple days before he was staying at Delano. And he said that the bellman there said Delano is about to get a refresh, saying also that Mandalay Bay and Four Seasons are getting refreshes. So we don't really know. I haven't heard anything about this. We saw those MGM Grand mock-up rooms come up a couple weeks ago. And we know MGM has been going through all of their properties and their portfolios. So this could happen. Delano opened 20 years ago. I didn't realize it was that old. It, of course, opened as the hotel at Mandalay Bay. And it stayed that way till 2014 when it changed into Delano. And that's when it had that refresh with those white Miami style rooms. So maybe due for a refresh, but I still love that property. But we'll keep an eye on it. And thanks to John for letting us know. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of surprised at that because I stayed there a year, year and a half ago. And I didn't think it needs needs anything. It's almost like a waste. I don't. Is it just me? I feel like they're perfectly fine. They're nice. They're clean. It's kind of the light white vibe that everybody's going to anyway. Maybe it's a little bit more bluish or gray now, but I don't think it's, it feels out of place or out of date at all. Put the money into Aria. Let's clean that up instead. Yeah, and this is still a rumor or hearsay, so we don't know. But I agree with you. They hold up pretty well. I do think the lobby of Delano, while I love it, 
does not match the rooms, right? The rooms are so white and bright yeah. in Miami and the lobby is very dark woods and very dark. So maybe that's what they're going to do. Maybe this is just, you know, a light refresh. We don't know, but we'll keep an eye out on it and see what we can find out as time goes on. How about they spend the money and do one, more than one wave every 15 minutes in the pool? Maybe maybe that would help. <laughs> okay. Somebody <laughs> has a beef with the wave pool at Mandalay Bay. Okay. That's a very obscure uh, issue that you have right there. It's like the saddest thing ever. It's like one wave. All right. See you in 10. I mean, like, what's the point? It's not wave pool. <laughs> All right. Let's move uh, north a little bit to Luxor. And I'm excited because I get to talk carpet here for a second. But before we do that, that play playground, that immersive playground that they're building on the second story has announced that it's going to open January 18th of 2024. Right now, construction walls are still up. I'll throw some video up on the screen so you can see exactly where it is on the second floor in the atrium. 15,000 square feet. This is all old school, right? They said they're going to have tactical experiences. None of this tech stuff. Tickets are going to be $37 and up. So it's not going to be cheap, but I, I'm excited for this. I think it's an interesting thing and we don't really have anything else like it in Vegas. Yeah, of, co- of course they're opening like three, four weeks after I was there or, or maybe like six, but no, it looks really cool. And I love that they got like the throwback games in there. Uh, the one that like shakes and pops off the, and it's up on the wall with the big pieces, but that looks really cool. I mean, $37 feels a little high initially, but it is Vegas. So maybe that's a, it's a weird number anyway, just make it like 40 or 35. We'll have to see if that comes down. Maybe they go up on Groupon or, or something like that uh, in the future. But I think it's worth checking out. Where is this located though? I walked all around Luxor. I don't remember seeing like anything under construction that this would fit in. It's just kind of blowing my mind right now. It's just on the second story atrium right between the theaters, right next to the theaters there. So huh. uh, there was like know, no signs right where the or anything obelisk is, just right next to that. Yeah. yeah. So they, they huh. really, the last time I was there, they didn't have, and when you were there, I didn't see the big construction walls. I don't know if, if they changed it or whatever, but it's very obvious where it is now. And uh, as I said, everybody in the audience will have seen it by now because I will have thrown the video up there. But let's talk Luxor a little bit more. I finally got to see the Dorito chip installers there. So the Dorito chip is pretty much done except for the corners. And by now of recording this, it's done completely. But I got to see how they do this. And the guys are suspended from the top of the pyramid with a rope at the bottom. And they're just sitting there repelling down, squeegeeing this on the side. What a job. Yeah. How do you get into this line of work? Like, are you a window cleaner and then you somewhat do promotional stuff on the side? I don't know. And then it's always like we saw with F1 when they put the sticky up on the walkways and everything. That's a lot easier to put on than it is to get off. I mean, could you imagine scraping that in the heat? Oh, it's going to be terrible. But it's kind of amazing how well that it comes together and and what a, you know, what a great job they did, but I would not look forward to taking that stuff off. Now, it seems MGM is putting new carpet in a lot of their properties. We saw New York, New York get new carpet. We've seen other refreshes, and Luxor is getting new carpet. And Luxor's carpet before was sort of drab, I don't know, like browns and purples, but very muted colors. And this new carpet is anything but that. It's very bright. It's very vibrant. The whole second story atrium is already done, and they're working on the casino now. There's all kinds of little theming in it. There's pyramids and different hieroglyphs and everything like that. Big, bright colors. I feel like this is going to brighten the place up a lot, which it needs. And I'm very excited for this, not only because the carpet is themed, but because I think it adds a lot to the space. Yeah, we saw that over at Mandalay Bay. The new carpet looked great over there. So this kind of gives me similar uh, feels to that. 
And I, I will say, I, I think I've mentioned on the, the show, I wish they would have done like the casino on the atrium floor because it's so open and airy and, and it feels just better. And downstairs feels kind of like dark and depressing. So this is definitely needed. Uh, hopefully it brightens up the place. It just feels kind of like, you know, this will help out, I think. Yeah, you make a good point with MGM and all their new carpets, the one at New York, New York, the one at Mandalay Bay. They're brighter and they're more vibrant. So they're going in a very different direction, I think, with overall with their designs and uh, I think every time I've seen new carpet, it's been an improvement. I, I hate to make this a whole carpet thing, but I was really excited. People sent that to me and I ran over there to go film it. So uh, I hope you all yeah, enjoy somebody, looking at this. Somebody called me. I think it was in the Laughlin video. They're like, I don't get why you like carpet so much. I'm like, that's John. It's not me. Well, you're the one who put the Twitter thread of all the carpets that you yeah, saw. for you. Yeah. But it was fun. I did Luxor. I hung out a little bit. Got to go to a Golden Knights game. I hadn't been to one in a little bit of course they lost that sucked but it was a great night out on the strip filming pedestrian bridges contemplating all the laws that were being broken every time somebody stopped that's a a great night in vegas these days everything looking good this is a beautiful time of year though with the weather cool at night i love walking around the strip at night when it's cool outside and it gets dark early you get the lights on good stuff yeah i think april is my favorite month just because it gets to like 65 to 75 somewhere in there you can still wear shorts during the day when it's sunny out and then it gets nice and cool at night where you can you know put a sweater on if you want and and stuff like that so i think that's more my style but i get you you know after you've been through the whole summer and everything this probably feels great last tip ride the new york new york roller coaster at night in the winter dark beautiful things nice and cool outside that's the way to do it So, Mark, we're going to talk all about our Laughlin trip, our road trip out there, everything we saw along the way. You have a favorite of everything you did. Tell everybody right off the top. What was your favorite part of Laughlin? (laughs) I mean, the most unexpected was definitely Bikini Bay. I don't know what to explain it as. All of that coming up right now. Laughlin, the road there. (laughs) Stick around. talked on the show you came to vegas a few weeks ago we went to laughlin finally got to see stuff but we didn't just go to laughlin we did a road trip we saw the spiegel world town you finally got to see prim and buffalo bills the largest chevron in the world we hit the road and i thought we would talk about it and share some of your insights some of the things we saw along the way and i guess we should start with my terrible driving mark because I rented this beautiful car to take you around in and decided once we stopped in Jean and you got to see the world's largest Chevron that we would take Las Vegas Boulevard down to Prim. And as we're driving on Las Vegas Boulevard, the road just keeps getting worse and worse, more potholes. And then I didn't realize that the road no longer goes through. So fail on my part, but I think the rest of the day went pretty good. Yeah, it felt very deserty when you see like the road just washed away and sand over it. But I gave my one word review of the Chevron station. It was just kind of like a really big gas station. Definitely not worth going out of your way for no no buckies uh, anything like that it's just like a lot of space and then the same stuff you'd see at your local speedway or 7-eleven or whatever just more of it and and kind of scatter it was really weird like they had like the red bull area but nothing really happening there then like the jack the jack links thing was cool but they also had like the jacks links area i was like okay so there's beef jerky here the white castle couldn't get any service stood there for like five minutes and and nobody walked up so it was a it was a bust yeah that chevron is like you took everything from bucky's right and you tried to copy it but everything was lost in translation about what makes bucky's good so that sucks but you got to see terribles across the road that's the closed casino that is being torn out for warehouses 
And a lot of the casino structure is already gone. The tower still there. And I drove back by there about a week ago and the casino is almost all gone. So that's going away slowly, but it should be gone pretty soon. But there's not much else in Gene. And then you go down to Prim and we went to Buffalo Bills and Buffalo Bills, I've talked about, we made the video on the channel. A lot of people love that place. I love that place. And you finally got to see what this theming was all about. Basically like an amusement park slash casino combined into one. It was pretty epic. Probably my favorite, you know, we saw a lot of casinos that day and I think that was my favorite one. It felt like old school Vegas, all the theming, all that stuff. I would love to see with the log ride going, you know, the water splashing the the coaster, all that stuff. I would have loved to see that in action. And you can really tell like back in the heyday, it was kind of driven towards families. Parents get away, but kids can also be there. There's a, a an arcade, like this little alley that probably had a couple different fast food restaurants and stuff back in the day. And the pool, I mean, it was shaped like a buffalo. It was depressing out there, but that was kind of cool. And I, I love the center bar area with the tree in the middle and everything. That was really cool. I, I could hang out there. And then you had the Bonnie and Clyde car. There's a lot going for it. It's just sad that it's kind of away from everything, that it doesn't get the love that it deserves. I mean, I'm tired of you hating on this buffalo shaped pool. Where else in the world can you go see a giant buffalo shaped pool? You can't tell unless you're up above. So what's the point? Oh man, you and your your hate. But then we went from Prim and now we drove down through Nipton. I took you the back way to Laughlin. And the reason for that was that Spiegel World Town, we drove through there. Now I admittedly, we went to Prim and I didn't even think that we were going to stop at the Spiegel World Town. But then I remembered as we saw it in the distance and it really is this tiny place out in the middle of nowhere. And the town's not like running right now. It looks like they have like a bar, a motel, maybe a shop. There was like a thrift store on the other side of the road that we didn't stop at, just a little thing. They tried to wave us down, but no, I was I was so excited. I was ready to like go into this Western with like doors that, you know, that you see with the, uh, what are those even called where you push them in and they come back? I don't know what they're called. Saloon but, doors? Uh, yeah, saloon doors. There you go. That's a pretty obvious name. What an idiot. Uh, so I was like waiting to go into that and getting a beer and, seeing dust bunnies roll by and stuff. I mean, it was beautiful too. We got out, stand on the train track, just the view of the mountains and open desert, kind of out of this world. I don't know that I could live there, but I would love to stay there like one night and just kind of hang out. It'd be kind of cool. And randomly, the one place that was open that you said was a thrift shop. And uh, we didn't go in there, unfortunately, but it looked uh, cool. I can't wait to see what they do with that town. We also stopped at another town on the way to Laughlin called Cal Navari. We've talked about it on the show before. And this is a town that was built with an airfield so people can fly their planes and then kind of taxi to their houses or whatever. And they did used to have a casino there. Apparently, the whole town was sold. We talked about when it was for sale. The new owner hasn't gotten everything up and running. So we go into like where the casino was and it's all boarded up. But inside is the post office and that's working. And the town people were really friendly. Yeah. And it was supposed to be a a restaurant too, which I'm kind of surprised the restaurant wouldn't at least be open. But I guess that's kind of intertwined with the casino, so you can't really do anything with it. It's kind of like the show where they buy the town. And I was always like, how do you own a town? And so this person owns the town, but what do you do when you own a town? Like, do you collect the taxes for yourself? It's just, I don't understand how that works, but... It's kind of crazy that that's why they need to get the person that bought the town needs to get approved for a gaming license and all that stuff. And then they can open it. And the guy stopped out and explained it all to us. But we walked over to the airfield and you could see people with planes parked out of the back of their house. There was more houses and trailers and stuff there than I would have expected. Not much. The motel was all lit up across the street at night when we came back uh, with Christmas lights. It looked kind of cute, but more there than I would have expected. And I bet you that the restaurant does good business when it's open. Yeah, it's only like 20 minutes from Searchlight. That was the home of Harry Reid. We got to drive through. Through there, 
And it's only about 20, 25 minutes from Laughlin. You go over the mountain. Now, when you go over that mountain, you come down the other side. You can see Laughlin in the distance and Bullhead City. You see the river. You see the all the towers from the casinos. What was your first impression when you get that kind of panoramic view of Laughlin? It was everything I had hoped for, Sean, all these years. <laughs> Everybody told me I wasn't going to love it, and I still loved it. So we started at Don Laughlin's Riverside. He just passed away a few you know, months ago, we even got to see where his big apartment was on the top of the tower. And this was the first casino in Laughlin and it was put together piecemeal over the years. And boy, can you tell it? Yeah. I mean, this was not a good start to the trip for Laughlin. Like you walk into this and you're like, is this what I'm going to see? Like a lot of this kudos to, to Don Laughlin to, to build a town basically out of nothing is pretty epic. And in the visionary of that, and it's a tall tower, which is impressive, but the casinos just you can tell like, okay, they added on this section, then they added on this section, and it's all different and not really combined or cohesive. So it's a little bit off-putting and, and a little run down. So hopefully whoever takes it over uh, does a little something with it. But yeah, it's just a big blob. And you, you can skip it. Edgewater, I would say, is largely the same thing and nothing too crazy there. You were in love with the Colorado Bell. That's the closed casino. It's been closed since the beginning of COVID. They say they're not reopening it. It's shaped like a riverboat. And that theme yes. does extend to the building and all of the hotels. And you were in love with it. That place was such a dump before it closed. <laughs> I mean, you can't tell from the outside. The frontage looks great. When you walk along the uh, river, on the backside, the hotel rooms look really ratty and, and nasty. Like you can definitely tell that those are bad. I feel like they could have closed that down and kept the casino going because the frontage of it, the sign, the lights, everything is epic. It's really nice. And they keep lighting it up because it's such a, a draw to your eyes. So I think it does have value in that aspect. It's sad that there no somebody's not going to go in there and, and fix that up because I think it could be something unique. Something you don't see anywhere else, really. So what I think is the nicest hotel casino in Laughlin is the Aquarius, the former Flamingo. I think it's really nice in there. They have a Outback Steakhouse, Mark. How could you go wrong there you go. with that? No rules. But you ordered a beer and uh, Vegas prices came into effect, it looked like. Yeah, what was it? 11 bucks? 12 bucks? I don't remember. It was just a bottle of uh, Corona Light. Like it was, I expected 6 $7. I didn't put any money in the machine, which that's on me. I probably should have done that. But I just expected it to be, you know, you can get a beer at the Detroit casinos for like $7, $6, something like that, a bottle of beer. It was sticker, like if I'm in Vegas, whatever, but I'm in Laughlin and this is $11? This is is crazy. It was blowing my mind. I expected it to be like what we did, talked about on South Point on the last show. $3 drinks, all these deals to get people in. It just, it didn't make sense to me. Then we head to the Golden Nugget. And I want to talk about the Golden Nugget because... We talked about Steve Wynn on our show earlier this week, and he had a vision for this place, Mark. And when he bought it, he put this grand atrium in. So we're going to go there and grand. a grand atrium. <laughs> so we're going to go there and I'm like, Golden Nugget has an atrium. You know, it's like one tenth the size of the one at the Mirage. And that was sort of what it was meant to emulate. And then you walked in there and you weren't impressed. Oh, it looked like a greenhouse that you see at Home Depot. Like, <laughs> I expected like glass and when you say like oh it's like the Mirage just smaller I'm like okay so it'd be nice looking no it was just like a greenhouse with some trees and the sign was facing the wrong way it didn't make any sense like it was it was okay but n nothing worth going out of your way to see I did like the golden nugget I liked the carpet you hated how low the ceilings were and they were epically low which normally that would drive me nuts but I think they had the best restaurant options they had a lot of good brand names that you you see around because they're all chains you know from laundries they had 
what bubble gump out on the water that was an epic location i can't believe there's not more stuff built up on the water but they had like this outdoor patio area with fireplaces overlooking the water and it would kind of like the boardwalk went through the middle of it so you had the inside up to the right and the outside to the left when we were walking but i i like the golden nugget it was nice the carpet was nice everything looked you know modern and good food options the pioneer is the nicest place maybe that's nicer than aquarius i love the property it's almost like a motel setup so you have the rooms are like exterior buildings and then you have this very kind of old western casino which i like a lot neat theming and then you have river vic which is i guess the cousin of vegas vic we didn't know the name of him i not pretending river, i knew river before Rick. that Oh, River Rick. See, I messed it up there. And uh, he's there. But you have a lot of green grass. It's really beautiful. Great views of the river there. This is a neat place and one that I really like. Wasn't expecting much because from the outside, when you go to the parking lot, it looks a little bit run down. But you still get like that frontier theming, which is cool. And you go in and it's a nicer, decent setup casino. And I like that they had like a, a bar. Most places had a bar overlooking the river. But this one was was maybe the best of the long bars overlooking the river. And then it had an outdoor area that you could go to the side and sit and be outdoors with it overlooking the water that's what i love in life like if i can have a drink looking at water that's great and the we should note that the river is crystal clear it looks tropical at times uh, depending on the light and everything so that was really uh, nice and then the property grounds it's the only resort feel well besides harris that we'll talk about last but it's the only resorty feel manicured all the bushes everything looked nice the grass was really green and awesome and then river rick is really cool and they had a whole bunch of christmas stuff set up out there yeah the boardwalk as you say kind of stretches between some properties it doesn't go through all the way because of some closures like colorado bell so you can't just walk it the entire length but it is a beautiful area to walk around yeah and they do usually have the river taxis but they were closed during our visit. But that's one of my favorite things to do. You get out on the water, you see all these big towers and it's not that expensive to get like a pass for the whole day. So that's the best way to get between the casinos. Yeah, and they had some dinner cruises too, which were closed for the season, which was like five weeks, which we we all thought was kind of funny. But they're like, oh, sorry, we closed mid-December, we opened mid-January, something like that. It was just... I'm like, what was the point of this? But that seems like something that would be cool to do. I don't think it was much, if I remember right, like $70. I, I would definitely do that. And the river taxis, I'm looking forward to going back when it's warmer uh, to take advantage of both of those. Quirkiest casino in Laughlin has to go to the Laughlin uh, River Lodge. And it is owned by Dotties and... How do you describe this place? It has casinos within a casino, right? It has like a Mexican-themed casino, an Asian-themed casino. And then you have the Lodgy Casino. has like a bowling alley kind of in the middle that you look down from above. All kinds of, yeah, arcade and all kinds of things where you can redeem and buy tokens. I don't know. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. I, I mean, if I was going to like watch a game somewhere, this is the spot. They actually had a drink special. You could get a bucket of like six Bud Lights for $17 or something crazy like that. And they had leather couches overlooking big screen TVs that are above the bowling alley or something. It's just, it's such a hodgepodge place, but I loved it. They even had like a gift shop, not like a gas station type of store off to the side. So it was kind of cool. I, you know, the downstairs, the Mexican theming and the Asian theme. It was kind of like done on the cheap, so it's a little bit weird. But I like the upstairs with the game room in that casino area. And I think they had like a Bourbon Street one. I don't know. It was just all over the place, which was so unique. Definitely the most unique casino uh, I've been to in Nevada. They do have like a Bourbon Street, uh, New Orleans themed area. And that goes with some bars that they own in Las Vegas that have that same name and theme. And that's sort of how it is, right? These Dotties, they they do this. And if you're closer to Vegas, you don't want to go to Laughlin. The Hoover Dam River Lodge is a very similar sister property just outside Boulder City that you can check out. So before we head to Harris, that was our last stop. 
stop Bikini Bay. Uh, this was the place that you chose for lunch, and yeah, quite an interesting place it was. Yeah, it was like you walk in, there's like a ship that's like a dance stage, and there's a DJ above. So I don't know if they like do little dances that the wait staff does while they're there. They're all wearing bikinis. It was pretty much exactly what you expect. Like uh, Hooters, but like on steroids. We were just driving by. It's in a strip mall. I'm like, we should probably check that out. We did forget the world's tiniest casino that we went to, too. We should talk about that. Yeah, the Regent, right? Where it just looks like this little building at the back, sort of wedged in between two other casinos. You don't even expect it. And then you walk in and it's not too bad. Yeah, I mean, that's like the dive casino i guess you would say like the dive bar casino it's got pool tables a couple machines a bar service was good it was fairly busy so i think that's like the local dive hangout probably get cheap drinks i did put a couple bucks in the machine just to get that beer for free so another place to just like if you want to go power drink like there you go all right so let's talk Harrah's. this is at the very end of the laughlin strip yes and it's probably the most resorty true proper resort there and it has big towers lots of rooms and And the key to this place is the beach, right? It has this beautiful sand beach out on the river. Of course, it was closed, but that didn't stop you from getting in the water. Yeah. And we should say, you know, I made fun of the buffalo shaped pool. Every pool in Laughlin sucks. It's like terrible. They're all Motel 6 square pool. The lawn chair with like the rubber bands that go across and have like two tones that you've seen in every cheap motel ever. So it's like a depressing place to be. And then you go here and it's like the Cancun of Nevada. You got rock cliffs on both sides. You're in like this little bay area and this the beach, the sand is is really plush and not like beat up or, or tight or anything. Like it's work to take steps in there because your feet sink. So it's really nice sand. I did go down into the water, crystal clear water. It was cold, surprisingly cold. But I guess you said it's always a bit chilly, which is pretty awesome when the weather gets to 100, 110, if you can cool off and get in that water and it doesn't feel like bath water. I think this is like, I'm like, Sean, why are you not coming here in the summers for little mini staycations? I would spend a lot of time there. The casino, they looked like they had redone it. You had said they had redone it since you had last been there. It was actually pretty decent looking, new carpet, more cohesive from one room to the next. I don't remember the restaurants, if there was anything worth that. But you have so much stuff you can easily walk to. I think a weekend in Laughlin is a great time. I mean, especially if the weather's nice and you can use that beach, I'd do it. That's why you don't go in the summer, Mark, because it's like 120 <laughs> degrees and it yeah, is brutally hot. But uh, yeah, it is May. popular there. April. Okay, yeah, there you go. It is great. And I hope that everybody sees why people should visit Laughlin. We did skip the tropical. We didn't have time. And I think that's the least desirable of the properties. It's the only one that's not on the water. And uh, yeah, I think you took away and I I certainly have always loved the place. It is quirky. It's about two hours from Las Vegas, certainly worth a day trip, maybe worth an overnight. If you're Caesars and you have that, you can stay at either Tropicana or at Harrah's. I would recommend Harrah's, Harris. of course. And it's a cool place, man. You don't expect to see that in the middle of the desert in Southern Nevada. It, it kind of gives me like the vibes of how excited I was, you know, for old school Vegas, just like the the whimsical of it. And it's not like to that level. It's just the divey version, which is fine. I, I love dive bars. I love kind of the quirkiness of it all and how each one has a kind of a unique feel. Like they didn't copycat each other, like what we're seeing now on the strip. So it kind of gives, it's a throwback. We should mention it. There's a huge city across the river that if you're driving you're going to have a car to get there you could go and explore that too so if you're there for a couple nights it's not like you only have to stay in Laughlin there's not much going for it outside of the casinos like there's a couple restaurants and stuff on the other side of the street but 
you just take a quick ride over the bridge and there's a ton of stuff over there that we didn't spend any time checking out. So I can't recommend it enough. I thought it was great. I can't wait to go back. Yeah, there's a Home Depot, a Sam's Club, a Walmart, everything Mark loves. Just across the river. <laughs> it's chain uh, hell in Bullhead City. <laughs> yeah, but it is. You know, so let us know in the comments what you think of Laughlin. Have you been there? Everything we've shown you here, are you wanting to go? Is this a day trip you're going to do? We highly recommend it. It's quirky. It's close to Vegas. It's worth at least to drive out there Cheap. for the day. Yeah, and stop at all the places along the way. There's some neat places to do and, you know, neat people to meet. Do yourself a favor if you don't want to go out to Laughlin or if you're on the way back from Laughlin, we, we stopped in Boulder City. Such a cool town. So unexpected. Only like 30 minutes from the Strip. I don't know why Sean doesn't go there every Friday night and, and eat dinner and, and spend a ton of time. If I was living anywhere, if I could afford it, I would live in Boulder City. So cool. I love that town. It's funny. We were driving in Boulder City and there was this big black emptiness in front of us. And I was like, that's Lake Mead out in front of us. And I was like, just trust yeah. me. It's it's there. It's, <laughs> it's there somewhere. But Boulder City, 15 minutes from my house. I should be there more often. So let us know in the comments what you think about Laughlin, what you think about everywhere we stopped along the way. Have you seen these places? Do you want to see these places? Hit us up in the comments. We'll be back in a couple of days with a regular show. Thanks so much for watching. Talk to you next time.